You're listening to the Audacious Church Podcast. This message was recorded live at our Chester campus. We know this is a great investment into your life. So tune in, listen up and stay focused. For any more information, visit us online, audaciouschurch.com. Well, we are in part four of our At The Table series today, which is really exciting, really good, and I know a lot of you, I know I have been enjoying the last few weeks, any of you? Yeah, come on, it's going to be good, where we've been looking at relationships and who to put around our table, the table of our lives. So today we're going to be looking, the message is entitled, and it's called Pass It On. Everyone say, Pass It On. There we go. So every time I say pass it on, you should say it back to me, okay? And encourage me today, right? It's bank holiday weekend, so we're a little bit thinner on the ground than normal. So yeah, give me feedback and I'll give you a good message. Come on, there we go. Yes. Cool, church. Well, I wonder if you have ever been given something of significant value or importance in your life. Anyone? Yeah? So growing up, my family, uh, my mum and dad had this bespoke lounge coffee table made alongside a side table and this like incredible TV cabinetry. Do you remember back in the day when they did like those big TV cabinets with like the CD things on the side and like, yeah, lots going on. But anyway, they had this sweet kind of thing made and it was beautiful. It's kind of rustic, really bulky, made out of sleeper wood kind of a tiki, old grain color. Um, It's beautiful. And um, I loved it so much as a child that I literally said to my parents when I was about eight, mom and dad, one day when you die, I want to inherit that coffee table. I loved it so much. And this coffee table and the whole like set, but I'm going to focus on the coffee table because it's beautiful. But the coffee table, it actually moved from South Africa with my family. It immigrated alongside all the other furniture. This treasured piece of furniture came. And so it's got a lot of memories. It's got multiple continents in it, you know, memory, significance attached to it. And, um, sorry, my iPad just went dead for a second there. And, um, what, sorry. And yeah, people always ask about it now when they see it. So when um, we bought our house uh, last year, my mum rang me up and she was like, Alessandri, do you want the coffee table? And I was like, yes, yes, please. I've had my eye on that from a little child and you haven't even had to die to get it to me, (laughs) right? Like, it's really good. So this coffee table now sits in our lounge, pride and joy. And yeah, every time people come to the house, they see it and they always go down and they admire it and it's beautiful. So that's something that's been passed down my family that has blessed me. And we have all had something like that, right? Maybe for you, it's traditions that have been passed down, or maybe skills or talents have been passed down in your family. Or maybe for you, you have um, also got a keepsake or something that is of significant value. Or maybe you've had encouragement or wisdom or faith passed on to you in your life from parents or grandparents or maybe even a friend. And the truth is, church, we take pride in things that have been handed over to us We take pride in the transactions of life because there's something special that happens when something's handed over from one person to another, right? 
So we're just going to think about it, and I'm going to use a relay race to illustrate it. So I'm going to invite up the lovely Laura. Yeah, that's right. Give her a round of applause. So in a relay race, we have got four players, and the baton gets passed three times, three different times. Now, the baton can't be passed if we're not near each other or next to each other. The baton has to happen alongside one, one another, right? It has to like be passed when we're next to each other. The baton can't be passed prematurely because oops, it will drop. So we have got to work together alongside each other to pass things from one generation to the next. Thank you, Laura. Yeah, doing it successfully, it requires not letting go and passing on with initiative. So church, this, what we're talking about today, it isn't an individual sport. We're talking about church families coming together from generation to generation and passing on the buttons of faith. So let's look at Acts chapter 2, verse 41. And in this, we'll see the disciples who have gone from the last supper table with Jesus, and they've gone to now an even bigger table. And it says this, those who accepted his message were baptized, and about 3,000 were added to the numbers that day. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship, and to breaking of bread and to prayer. Now, they went from that last supper table, and they were charged by Jesus to replicate that. They were the only ones who could replicate and pass on what Jesus had taught them. Right? They were passing on. They were charged with the responsibi responsibility. Respons sorry, that's a baton and responsibility together. The responsibility to pass on the batons of faith. Yeah. Now, our key scripture for today is um, Psalm 78. We're going to be looking at verses 1 to 6, and it's in the message. So, it's, a bit, it's kind of cool. I like it. So, listen. Listen, dear friends, to God's truth. Bend your ears to what I tell you. I'm chewing on the morsel of a proverb, and I'll let you in on the sweet old truths. Ch Stories we have heard from our fathers, counsel we learned at our mother's knee. We are not keeping this to ourselves. We are passing it on to the next generation. God's fame and his fortune, the marvelous things he has done. He planted a witness in Jacob, said his word firmly in Israel, then commanded our parents parents to teach it to their children so that the next generation would know and all generations to come that they would know the truth and tell stories to their children so that they can trust in God never forget the works God of God but keep his commandments to the letter now church in this verse when we're talking about the next generation it's not I want you to realize right now it's not defined by age I had someone in the first service say to me so good to hear your heart for the youth. I'm like, this isn't about youth. Like, this is not defined by age, what we're talking about right now. The next generation, we're talking about anyone who comes after you. That person might be double your age, right? So think about it. When I'm going through this message, don't think about younger. It's not about physical age, but age of spirit. It might be new Christians, people coming after you. It's, people, it's not just people that are younger, but older people also. In some cases, they will be older than you. And our passing on isn't just limited to Christ-centered things. We can pass on anything, any knowledge that's been passed on to you, any skills, any abilities, vision, passion, all of those things can be passed on. Think about who remembers in lockdown. I don't think too hard. 
<laughs> and locked down a couple of years. I'm sure each of us had to show someone older than us how to use Zoom or Teams or what's the other one? Skype. Does anyone still use Skype? No? <laughs> Skype's gone. So yeah, Zoom. We all had to partake in that generational of upward teaching. And today we're going to be looking at three buttons that we have the responsibility to pass on to those who are seated at our table. So the first button that we're going to look at is exploits. So back to our key scripture, it says, we are not keeping this to ourselves. We are passing it along to the next generation. God's fame and fortune, the marvelous things he has done. Now church, when we look at this verse, it's talking about building bridges. How do we build bridges to cross the gap? How do we build bridges that allows those coming up after us to actually overtake us so that our ceiling becomes their floor, so that anything that we have gained the victory and actually becomes standard and normal for them? How do we do that? How do we build bridges and set them up so that they can run in our slipstreams, so that they can overtake us and go even further? Because as we build bridges, and as we pass on our knowledge, we are speaking into the next generation. We are paving way for things that are even bigger than ourselves, so they can go even beyond where we've been. Our victories are their starting points. So, who here is an older sibling? Anyone? I know you guys will all, oh, even younger siblings will be able to relate to this. My sister is about two and a half, three years younger than me, and... Um, we both are quite artistic in our nature. It's something that we inherited from my grandma and then my mom and then, you know, down it goes. But my sister, because she's younger, I feel like she has gained from all my experience in the art world. So um, when I did my GCSEs, you know, I did all the art stuff and the portfolios and communicating with teachers and all this stuff. And I did really well in my exam. I got an A, which I was very impressed by. And then a couple of years later, she came along and she got an A star. And I was like, oh my gosh, like, you know, great on me a little bit. And then I was like, it's fine, it's fine, I'll do even better in my A-levels, it's fine. So I did my A-levels, I did really well, got an A again. And um, she went and she got an A star again. And I was like, oh my goodness, like this girl, you know, she was just watching me while she was doing her GCSEs, watching me how I was doing my A-levels. And it just, it was, yeah, very interesting. And then I decided to enter an art competition. And the first year I entered this art competition, I got a gold place for an oil painting, right? I was like, yes, this is good. You know, European competition, got a first place. And the next year she goes, oh, I'm gonna enter too. I was like, yes, sis, good job, cool. So we both enter, guess who got first place? <laughs> Not me, I didn't get it. So my sister got first place, I got second. But you know what, the, the truth is, it's family legacy. It's family legacy and she was living in the footsteps of someone who has gone before her. So she got to reap the benefits of someone who had kind of like already paved the way. She got to learn all, like, learn all the lessons before she even had to go through the lessons. And... Um, she was living with the mindset that someone has gone before her. She was always able to go further and stronger, you know, which is kind of hard as an older sibling. But, but it's good. Like, I wouldn't want anything worse for her. Like, I want her to go further, go do greater. And the truth is, church, there's a reason why 
the next generation, the people coming after us, they either far overtake us or they get left behind over there. And the truth is it's because it's always to do with the handover, how that baton is handed over. If we set up the next generation in a way where they're enabled, empowered, and encouraged with our exploits, they'll know that they can far surpass anything that we've ever done before. Because exploits are inspirational. They, they make the generation say that if you can do it, so can I. So let's choose today, church, to be people that set up our next generation with great exploits, that we're not just limited on wisdom and those things, but we tell the stories of God's faithfulness. We tell the stories of who he is and what he's done so that the next generation can use our ceiling as their floor and they can go above and beyond. Why don't we pass it on? Pass it on, yeah. Remember, next time I say it, say it with me, okay? Otherwise I get left hanging here. Okay, the second baton we're going to pass on is encouragement. Back to Psalm 78, it says, Stories we heard from our fathers, counsel we learned at our mother's knee. Now, we all know when we hear something enough, we start to believe it, right? That can be both in positive and negative light. Chuck Swindoll says, he's got a quote here, and it says, We're all faced with a series of great opportunities, brilliantly disguised as impossible situations. I'm just going to read that again. We are all faced with a series of great opportunities, brilliantly disguised as impossible situations. But church, imagine if we could be the people that, that actually spoke life into those impossible situations. For the people who go after us. If we could be the people to call out what's on their lives, if we could be the people who spoke what is not as if it is, when we do that through encouragement. Now, encouragement, just to recap, is the action of giving someone confidence and hope. And when we encourage church, we are declaring something that we see and believe, even though it might not physically be there yet. So... I think of encouragement as a prophetic declaration sometimes because you could be encouraging Lee about something and it might not be reality yet in his life, but because you've said it to him, he starts to believe it. He starts to think that, you know, I love encouragement. It's something that I always try to do and it doesn't just stir faith in the people that you're speaking to, but it actually does something in your own heart as well because you begin to see God like See them how God sees them. So encourage people. We need to sow seeds of expectation in the next generation so that they will believe that the same situations that were impossible for us in our lives is not even a glimpse of impossibility in their lives. It actually sets the scene for them. So encouragement is always going to be our starting point, but I don't want us to leave it there because if we take that responsibility solely on ourselves, it's not uh, future-proof, maybe is a good word. So when we encourage people, that's great. But then from that point, we want to teach them how to run to Jesus for, and look to Jesus for their encouragement. We want to teach our um, younger people pe or older people, people coming behind us, to run to Jesus as their source of encouragement so they can lean into him and know that he will be their source of encouragement long after we're not on the scene anymore or after we're gone. So church, we are, we are called to be people who impart courage, faith, and impossibility thinking. 
We are called to be people who challenge the status quo. And we are called to be people who encourage. So let's pass on today. Let's choose to pass on the baton of encouragement to the people at our table. Let's pass it on. There we go. Yes. Amazing. And the third baton we need to pass on is that of inheritance. So Psalm 78 again, it says, Then commanded our parents to teach it to their children. So the next generation would know, and all generations to come, know the truth and tell stories so their children can trust in God. I'll just say that again. Teach it to their children so their children can trust in God. This verse is instructing us to teach what God has done to the next generation. It is their inheritance. It's what they deserve to know. They deserve to hear what God has done in your life. They deserve to receive from the goodness of what He has done for you. Now, if we just look at inheritance for a second, when you inherit something, it means someone has given something that is no longer theirs. It's been completely handed over. It's now yours. Once something has been inherited, there's no going back. There's no, look, you can't undo it. It is what it is. And once something's been gained, so once it's been inherited, that thing, that item, that idea will always speak of the testimony of old. It's always going to speak of the faithfulness of what happened at once. So maybe it's a testimony that's been passed on in your family, something your parents have won or a victory, you know. That's always going to speak of that testimony of God's faithfulness every time. When When we speak of inheritance... We are talking about something that we can give to someone to own as their very own. And I think that is so powerful to be able to give someone that they, like, that I once had, but it doesn't end with me. So I'm giving it to you to own as your own. And inheritance is more than just financial gain. Inheritance is something that goes above and beyond. It's the tools that teaches those coming after us how to live, how to be everything that they're called and destined to be by God. So six months ago, I started a new job in um, architecture. And um, I love it. It's great. It's really, really good. I've settled into it. And we... When I got this job, it came with the caveat of having to learn some new software, which can be hard work, you know. I've been in the industry now for just over 10 years, really loving it. And I think after 10 years, you gain some credit to your name a little bit, right? You, you know what's expected of you. You know how to do what is asked of you. But the hard thing is in this situation that you, I knew what to do. I knew I had to draw this wall and then put the roof on. But on the new software, I didn't actually know how to do it. So I knew what was expected of me, but I didn't know how to execute it. I didn't have the tools that I needed to execute what was asked of me. And we don't want to leave people around our table with that, do we? Where they're left in a place where they know what's expected of them, they know what's been asked of them, but they don't actually know how to act out on that. They don't know how to give or do what we're asking them to do or what maybe what God's asked them to do. So we want to pass on the baton of inheritance so that we can partner with what God has spoken over their lives, what God's calling them into, what God's asking them to do. 
We want to partner with them to shape their future, shape what God is doing in their lives. We want to partner with them. We want to shape them and, and call them into who God has spoken over their lives so that we can eliminate the hurdles of what could be there if they just ebbed and flowed through it all. So church, let's pass on the baton of inheritance so that they can run and run hard and run far, faster and longer than what we've ever done. That they won't be limited with the things that we've been limited in our past. But let's pass it on. Come on. Good. So church, you all have something. I know you have all got something to pass on. Something in that exploits, encouragement or inheritance. You've got something to pass on to the people around your table. So have a think about that. But I also want you to think today about yourself. Who you can raise up to, to step up to that position around your table when actually God calls you on to the next thing. Because you're not called to stay where you are right now either. You're called. God's got more for you, more um, passion. He's got more fire for your life. He's got more anointing for you, more appointing. He's got so much in store for you. But we don't want to limit what's on your life because that will end up limiting what's on the other people around your table's lives. So I want to ask you today, think about what you need to do to step into more of what God has for you, but also what you can do and give to the people around you to enable them to step into what God has for them. Because every generation in this needs to play their part. Every generation needs to work together. And imagine church, if we all did this together, if what we did together, if we raised people up, it wouldn't just end with us, but it would go further and beyond everywhere that we've ever been. That we'd be able to pass on the buttons of faith. That we'd be able to pass on the buttons of exploits, encouragement, inheritance, to see God's glory in Chester. That we'd be able to see Him move because we are working together as a community to strengthen those coming after us. Let's pass it on, church. Thank you for listening to this audacious podcast. For any more information, visit us online, audaciouschurch.com. We'd love for you to join us at one of our campuses, Manchester, Chester, or online, every Sunday, 10 a.m. and 12 p.m. 